0: I welcome you to another episode of the G-Man Show. I'm the G-Man Ron Gerard, and you hold a ticket to ride aboard the mothership of social media. Today, we continue our journey into our treasure chest of classic interviews, which we refer to as curtain calls. This week, our headliner is baseball manager Sparky Anderson. Sparky was one of the true ambassadors of the game, and without question, one of the great managers. Let's go to the background information and then to our interview. George Sparky Anderson was the first manager to win World Series in both leagues. Anderson won back to back in the National League in 1975 and 1976 with the Cincinnati Reds, aka the Big Red Machine, and then in the American League with the Detroit Tigers in 1984. He was also named Manager of the Year with the Tigers in 84 and 87. The man known as Captain Hook, due to pulling his starting pitchers early, managed in the major leagues for 26 seasons and won 2,194 games. All told, his squads won three World Series, seven division titles, and five pennants. His number 10 was retired by the Reds, and likewise, his number 11 was retired by the Tigers. He was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2000. This interview was conducted in Cleveland, Ohio, in September of 1991.
1: Right, Sparky, the um, one thing I want to ask you, I mean, you're in a pennant race now. Uh, we hear all this talk about managers uh, making a difference or not making a difference down the stretch. Some, some people feel maybe they try to make too many moves can cost a team a game or this or that. What are your feelings on that? Because you're certainly an authority on uh, pennant races.
2: I, I never have thought
1: managers,
2: once the season starts, I never thought managers have anything to do with it. I once told Lou Piniella the first game I ever managed against Lou when he took over the Yankees as a young manager. I said, when he turned in the lineup card, I said, Lou, are you finished? He said, what do you mean? I said, you have just done the last thing in this ball game tonight that will be anything important to the game. You turn in the lineup card, because you are not going to have one decision that's going to win or lose this game. The only people that I'll fear are your players, and the only people you'll fear over in my dugout is my players. Players control the game. They win and they lose them. There's not such a thing as a manager going to outsmart somebody else. The personnel dictate what you do. For instance, I would manage 14 different ways in the American League. We have 14 different clubs. I have 14 different types of personnel. So there's 14 different ways I would have to manage because all personnel has to be managed different. And uh, there's no two clubs that are identical. You couldn't possibly manage any one club and then go manage another one, try to manage that the same way. You have to be able, I say, to be 14 different people. If you can't do that, you can't manage.
1: I think we talked to Jim Leland the other day and said, well, you've been in this before last year. It looks like you're going to repeat. Uh, is that going to give you the edge, the experience? And and he said, probably along the lines of what you said, I really don't know. I don't think it's going to make any difference that I've been here before. So, uh well, that that sort of answers the question. You already answered that. Uh, now, in this, in this league, I you have the DH. Uh, you had such success in the National League. Uh, how do you feel about the DH? I mean, you certainly had enough time to figure it out now uh, over here with Detroit. But do, do you like it? I've never
2: liked it from the day that it, they started it, period, when I was in the National League, when they started over here. I thought it was foolish. It's foolish now. It's... Uh, has something to has nothing to do with the game of baseball at all. Uh, I don't know what bearing it has to do. I always thought the pitcher who was pitching must compete also with the bat. Uh, he must be part of the game. It's kind of funny that when you see the pitcher leave the mound, you never, ever see him come up during an inning ever. All the time you see him again is when he peers back on a mound. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, I think our new commissioner has the right idea, and I hope... And, I have no control over it Uh, it'll come to a vote you know it's one and one National and American League and the commissioner can break that vote all he has to do is vote I mean as soon as he votes it's over one way or the other I am hoping very much that this is decided one way or the other and I hope it's decided this winter at the winter meeting. On the
1: personal side uh the victories you've notched were at 1,900. I mean, you could look for for 2,000 wins. This is uh, mind-boggling. Uh, I'm sure it's mind-boggling to you. I, when you started, you never thought that would happen. But how do you feel that you're hitting these milestones? I'm like, I, I have to laugh about it. I was walking down,
2: coming to the ballpark today, walking down the street. And I was actually thinking about what you were saying. I said... Here's a boy that came from Bridgewater, South Dakota, when I was nine years old to Los Angeles. I finished high school by uh, looking out of the corner of my eye at at tests and that to get through, you know, finding any way I could to make it through. And to think that here I am, uh, roughly 80-some games away from 2000, I said, you know, I reminded Andy Allison about that, uh, one of our catchers. I said, you know, Andy, I remember my first year in 1970, looking across the dugout, my first trip in the Dodger Stadium, and there stood Walter Olson. Andy, he looked like he reached the sky. He looked so tall to me to think that what a giant he was in the industry at that time. And I said, here I was, 35 years old, looking across at this guy that had records on top of records. And I said to myself, what am I doing managing in the same ballpark with this guy? And, yeah, it is. It's very mind-boggling, and it is funny. And I, I don't think I will ever think of it any other way than funny. How can these things happen? I don't know, but... That old saying about only in America,
1: it's very true. Only in America can crazy and weird things happen. Well, I think you, you, you've had a lot to do with that. I don't know that it's that weird. Uh, many people have had the opportunity and didn't put the wins up. But uh, what keeps the game fresh for you? I mean, I, what, keep, what, what is it really that makes you want to go on? Because you have nothing to prove.
2: Players. Players are marvelous. I, today I've had four guys in to see me today. Two of them on personal things and and two of them on baseball. Uh, A personal thing never leaves me and they know that. Uh, I have some personal things over my career, if I would ever tell what they were, would just be disastrous to people. But they know that I will never leave me. They come in and close the door, that's gonna be the end. The other two things are on uh, One's about signing, you know, opinions, what to do, this and that. Another one was a guy just feeling low about his year. And that to me is so marvelous. I told the one, I said, you know what, I think I really should have taken up psychiatry. I said, I think I should have been a psychiatrist (laughs) because my head right now is pounding because you cannot talk to four different people and get that deep into things without really using a lot of strain and and you're trying to help them and you just, your head starts to pound and uh, but that's what does it, the players. Uh, I don't think there's anything more marvelous than guys, and I call them warriors that are going out there to battle, and all you got to do is sit there and watch them. But I think your job is to help them when they need your help, as far as from a mental standpoint.
1: Finally, uh, Skip, I remember the great years in Cincinnati. Uh, you've been here for uh, great teams over here, but what uh, is there? One team? I know you're you're a Tiger currently, but that. They, they, Feel, that you feel closer to, if you had to walk away today, uh, how would you feel about either team? Or
2: okay, the Reds clubs were tremendous people. Uh, they were professionals, great talent. Oh, 76 club, I will never live long enough to see another team like that. I myself personally, you know, it might come thirty years from now, but I won't see it. Uh, the eighty-seven club was tremendous club to watch go about their work because it didn't deserve to win. That was a fifth-face club. It really and truly was. I I picked us fifth with my wife. I always tell her every spring when we leave, where we'll finish. And uh, I picked us fifth. And we finished first. And how, I, I don't know yet. I told Roger Craig, we don't have enough time or years to try to describe this. But this year, 1991, I didn't know it when we started, but will be my favorite no matter what. Uh, This club had more all-around outstanding good people. I have never had one disciplinary thing, now that's crazy, now we got, I know three weeks ago and it could happen, you know, it could happen, but I've never had to discipline a player on this club in 1991 now that that is unheard of i had never been on a club in my life including the great reds clubs that i didn't have to discipline
1: somebody well i appreciate you taking a few moments of your time and we wish you and the ball club all the best the rest of the way and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the postseason thank you skip well, thank
0: you and it is mind-boggling about 2000 it scares me George Sparky Anderson. Nobody did it better than Sparky. He was a giant presence on the field and off. And I'll never forget him. I trust you're all doing as well as can be expected. So stay strong, keep your hands up, your chin down, shoot the jab, and don't make me look for you.